what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. For every person who will place their faith in Christ and what He did, your sins are gone. You're washed in the blood of the Lamb. You're saved this morning. Your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life today. Glory to God. That ought to make you shout. Go ahead and blow your horn, brother. That's something to blow about. That's something to shout about. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. And how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me, please, to the book of Second Chronicles. The book of Second Chronicles, chapter 31. Second Chronicles 31, verse 1. Now when all of this was finished, all Israel that were present went out to the cities of Judah and break the images in pieces and cut down the groves and threw down the high places and the altars out of all Judah and Benjamin and Ephraim also and Manasseh until they had utterly destroyed them all. Then all the children of Israel returned every man to his possession into their own cities. And this morning I want to use for a subject, breaking it all down. I want to deal with the first phrase of this verse where it says, Now, when all of this was finished. This refers to the first couple of months of King Hezekiah when he came to the throne of Judah, the southern kingdom of Israel. At that particular time, the judgment of God was upon Judah. Because for 16 years, his father Ahaz had shut down the temple of God and would not allow sacrifices to be offered up and so forth. And Hezekiah, when he came to the throne, the first thing he did was open up the house of God. And he reinstated the sacrificial system. The sacrificial system pointed to the cross. The only answer for sin is the cross. The answer to stop judgment is the cross. The only thing that stands between you and eternal hell is the cross of Jesus Christ. And Hezekiah reinstated the sacrificial system. He sent out letters to all of Israel. And in those letters, he invited them to come and celebrate the Passover. But as the letters went out and the people heard that word, the Bible says that many laughed and mocked. Not many came. When you look at the overall population 
of Israel of that day, not many came. But folks, let me tell you, that, that, that's not unusual. That's not anything new. It's never been many. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 14, that straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leads unto life, and few there be that find it. Today, the invitation goes out all over the world. The gospel is available. A whosoever will can hear the word of God and be saved. But unfortunately, many laugh and mock and they reject Jesus Christ. Right now, there is 7.8 billion people on the planet. And only 2 billion of that claims some form of Christianity. 1.5 billion of that is Catholics. That leaves 500 million Protestants. And the latest polls tell us now that here in America, only 45% of the American public goes to church now. And you think of that. Only a few attended the Passover. It wasn't many. It's never been many. It is important for you, and there are some of you listening to me right now, you're driving down the road and you're not going to church anywhere. Let me tell you this. It's important for you to go to church. Let me, let me back up again. Let me, let me say it again. It's important for you to go to the right church. You see, because not every church is preaching the gospel. There's a church on every corner. And it may have a name over the top of the door that says Pentecostal or Baptist or whatever the name may be. But if that church is not preaching Christ and Him crucified as the answer to the ills of mankind, then, ladies and gentlemen, it is not a church that God recognizes as such. And I'm going to tell you something. If you'll tune in to this broadcast every week, Established in the Faith, go to establishedinthefaith.com. You will find a message there that will always lead you to Calvary. Always lead you to Calvary because that right there, my friend, is your answer. It is your answer to every problem. Everything that you need can be met at Calvary. You see, Jesus Christ is the source of all things. But the means by which we're able to receive the things that we need from God has all been made possible by the cross. Because it's at the cross, ladies and gentlemen, where the Holy Spirit, once you place your faith in what Jesus did there, that opens up the door for the Holy Spirit to move and work and change your situation. And that's what we need today is a moving of the Holy Spirit in our churches. I wish every church 
was teaching the good knowledge of the Lord, the Word of God. I, I, I'll go so far to say this, and I, 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 I know it to be true. If every church in this country was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, this past election wouldn't have turned out the way it did. Amen. I'm just breaking it on down for you today. The good knowledge of the Lord, the gospel of Jesus Christ. The people, they came and celebrated the Passover, what few that did. And they celebrated the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Leaven, it, it's a bacteria, and when it's put in bread, it causes the bread to rise. Leaven in the Bible is used as a type of sin. It's a bacteria. Sin, it is that which is in the heart of man that causes him to rise up against God. Leaven. And for seven days they partook of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. They eat bread that did not have any leaven in it at all. It typified Christ who had no leaven, who had no sin nature. He never sinned one time in word, thought, or deed. And they partook of that feast of unleavened bread, typifying the perfect life of Christ. And on the fourteenth day, they killed a lamb that typified the cross, the death of Christ. And they ate it with bitter herbs. The bitter herbs typified the life of slavery that Israel endured while they were down in Egypt. But the bitter herbs also typifies the death, the pain, the suffering that Jesus Christ would suffer upon Calvary's cross. And then they ate the feast of first fruits. First fruits is a type of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Passover. All of the rituals, all of the ceremony, all of the feast, every bit of that, ladies and gentlemen, the Passover, it typified Calvary, it typified the cross. All of it. And let me tell you, when Jesus died on Calvary, He said, it is finished. <laughs> Glory to God. It is finished. It's over. There's nothing left hanging out here for you to do other than to place your faith in what Jesus did. It is finished. For every person who will believe, for every person who will place their faith in Christ and what He did, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are gone. You're washed in the blood of the Lamb. You're saved this morning. Your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life today. Glory to God. That ought to make you shout. Go ahead and blow your horn, brother. That's something to blow about. That's something to shout about. That's something to get excited about today. Glory to God. A lot of the people, when they came to celebrate the feast, 
They were ignorant. They were partaking of the Passover, but they were ceremonially unclean. They did not go through the proper protocol. And it was obvious that these people were ignorant. The Bible says that Hezekiah prayed for the people and asked God to pardon them because of their ignorance. But I want you to look in 2 Chronicles 30, verse 22. The Bible says that he had the Levites to teach the good knowledge of the Lord. He used that opportunity at the Passover to teach the people to learn the Word of God. And I want you to catch this now, the latter part of verse 22. The Bible says they made confession to the Lord. So let me just break it all down for you this morning. The more the people learned the Word of God, the more they learned what they needed to repent over. What is that? That's growing in grace and the knowledge of the Lord. Repentance is more than just a one-time thing where you go before the Lord and you ask God to forgive you. Repentance for the Christian is a lifestyle. And let, let me deal with that for just a minute. It's not a lifestyle where you just go out here and do whatever you want to do, do whatever you want to do, and, 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 and you go to bed at night and say, Lord, please forgive me. And then you get up the next day and do whatever you want to do and ask the Lord to forgive. That's not right. That's not God. That's false doctrine. And if you're going to a church that's telling you that, you're going to the wrong church. You're not hearing the good knowledge of the Lord. You're hearing false doctrine. And you need to get out of that because you're listening to poison. But repentance is a lifestyle in which you read the Word of God, you study the Word of God, you learn the Word of God, and as the Holy Spirit invades every aspect of your life and living, and you grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord, you learn that there are things that you are doing in your life that God's not pleased with. And you go before the Lord and you say, God, please forgive me of that. Lord, wash me and cleanse me of that. Lord, help me not to do that anymore. It's a life of repentance. Israel was now experiencing a revival. Lord, how America needs revival today. But before America can have revival, the church needs revival. And let me tell you this, the depths of our revival will be according to the depths of our repentance are you listening to me? Hezekiah used this opportunity to teach the people how I wish we had good, solid teaching of the Word of God in our churches today. Sadly and regrettably, we don't. But when the people learn the good Word, the Bible says, Second Chronicles 31, verse 1, now, when all of this was finished, all of Israel that were present, they went out to the cities of Judah. This lines up with what Jesus told the church to do, Luke 14, verse 23. He said, I want you to go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house 
may be filled. He said in Mark sixteen fifteen, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. He didn't say go out and tell everybody how to get rich. He didn't say go out and tell everybody how pretty they are and how good they are and how you can be a better you. But he said go out and preach the gospel. The gospel. What is the gospel? It is God becoming man. Living a perfect life, dying on Calvary and raised from the dead the third day. And he did all that for your sin because everybody has sinned. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we all need a Redeemer. We all need a Savior. And that Savior is Jesus Christ. It's not Buddha. It's not Allah. It's not Joe Biden. It's not, it, it, it's not Donald Trump. It's not the Democratic Party. It's not the Republican Party. But our Savior today is Jesus Christ. And there is no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. That's the gospel. The gospel addresses sin. And sin is something that gets ignored in a lot of churches because it turns people away. It offends people when you start addressing sin. But when Jesus died on Calvary, he addressed the sin problem. When you look at Calvary, you understand how severe how serious our problem really is. Our problem is so serious, it's so severe, ladies and gentlemen. Sin has killed every single human being that's ever lived. Sadly, much of the human race has died and gone to hell. That's why Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You say, well, Brother James, I'm just not qualified. I, I just don't know enough about the Word to, to try to tell somebody about the Lord. Well, the Lord didn't call all of us to preach. But He did call us to be a witness. Are you hearing me? He said in Acts 1, verse 8, He said, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, unto the uttermost part of the earth. Israel was experiencing a revival. They came. They celebrated the Passover. They learned the Word of God. They repented, and then they went out. Now, here's what they did. The Bible says they break down the images, the groves, the high places, and the altars. They broke down all the bad stuff that was going on in their country. And friend, let me tell you something. We got a lot of bad stuff going on in our country today that needs to be broke down. Things that are not of God. But before there can be an outward movement of breaking down some things. There has to be an effective inward movement within our hearts and lives. Let's look at the images, breaking down the images. The images have to do with idols. Idols made of wood and stone. Little G gods that people were worshiping in whatever the case. You say, well, Brother James, I don't have a problem with that. Oh, Anything that comes between you and God is an idol. And that thing has to be broken down. 
And it can be a person, it can be a car, it can be money, it can be a job, it can be anything. Anything that comes between you and God is an idol, and it needs to be broken down. Image also has this definition as well. It's the way people see you. People look at you, and you have a certain reputation of being a certain way. And you feel like you have to uphold that reputation. And if you go telling people about Christ and how you've accepted Christ and that'll mess up your reputation, you better forget about that reputation. That reputation, that image needs to come down because God wants to put you in his image, in his likeness. He wants to make you Christ-like and not this false image that you have portrayed to others and others think you are that way. If you're saved today, that image must come down. All right, let's look at the groves and the high places and the altars. These were places where the people went and worshipped a false god. It was here that they learned a false way, false doctrine. When we come to God and you begin to learn the Word of God, you cannot add to the knowledge that you currently have. You can't just take God and add it to the mix. There are some things that we have to unlearn. It's important for you to learn the Word of God, but at the same time, it's important for you to unlearn the wrong thing. You've got to unlearn the wrong thing before you can learn the right thing. Does that make any sense to you? But see, this is the problem. This, this is the problem for all of us, see. Because in order to unlearn the wrong thing... You've got to admit that you're wrong. And not many people are willing to humble themselves and admit that they're wrong. But Jesus said, Matthew 18, verse 3, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter to the kingdom of heaven. I'm talking about high things, preconceived thoughts and ideas of what you think the Bible says. You've been taught a certain way, and now when you read the the Word of God, you want to take the Word of God and twist it and try to make it fit what you think, what you've always been taught. No, sir, that's a high thing. That's a vain imagination that needs to come down. That thing, that's a high place that needs to come down. You are to convert your thinking to match what the Word of God says, not twist the Word of God to match what you think. Paul said, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. The Bible says that they went out and they utterly destroyed them all. Now this right here took a short period of time. The outward, going out and 
destroying all of these idols and images and groves. But an inward move is going to take a little bit more time. It doesn't happen overnight. But if you'll let God have His way, if you will deny yourself and take up the cross daily and follow Him, every idol, every image, every grove, every high thing, every altar, everything that's in your life that is not of God, the Lord will deal with it. And then the Bible says they all went home to their positions. Let me tell you something. God's got a possession for you. He told the disciples in John 14, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He said, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. I hope this morning that I broke it all down for you and you understand it a little bit better. today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.